Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Making Learning Special, where we discuss everything from parenting tips and strategies to early childhood development, all the way to the realities of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and with me is my co-host and husband, Zach Smith. And pardon me, guys, I am getting over another cold, so don't mind my voice. Say hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. <laughs> Hi. Sorry. Today, so today you sound like uh, you definitely do. Sound I think I'm going to have you talk a little bit more today. Just well, we'll see because my voice. Is yeah, here, a here's the wonky. thing about that. Here's the thing about that. I'm not the expert, so you have to do it. Now, yes, yes. I will. I, but what I will do is talk about what we're going to talk about, and then I can ask you a few things, and then you can uh, answer as concisely as possible. Because not only will it convey the message that you need to make fast, it will help you with yes. not talking a lot. So let's see how you do. Today, what we are going to be talking about is the different, like the variable responses, the different responses that children give us when we ask them to do something, we say to do something or whatever it may be. Um, mm -hmm. Some of these things, you guys, if you're parents already, you've probably experienced. If your kid's not at the developmental age where they haven't done this yet, this is a good episode to listen to because you should be aware of this once they start to do so. Some of these things are important. Some of these things may be, may be normal behavior, maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. We'll let the expert here, Madonna, uh, kind of determine that and let us know this. So uh, let's go ahead and dive right into it. So let's start with the easy one. Okay. Hey, uh, hey, kid, mm -hmm. can you put your uh, put your toys away? Hey, can you uh, go eat your lunch? Hey, do this, do that. And the kid just goes and is like, okay, understands exactly what you're saying. And they're just very cooperative. So number one is they are acting cooperative, cooperative. So why would a child listen? Now, I know this sounds like a dumb question, but why would a why would a child listen to what it is that you request from them? Yeah, so usually, so kids generally, and especially in a young age, they are meant to please their parents. It's literally in their head to please grownups and adults. So of course, they're going to do what you want them to do. So they follow, they cooperate. And when they're younger and they're babies, they're more jolly and happy to cooperate. And they're like, okay, let's do that. Because they don't know anything else for the most part, right? They're not testing. So yes, that's why they cooperate. I will tell you that um, with kids who are um, cooperating and kids who are following your directions, still give them praise, right? Um, not just say no when they're um, not listening, but noticing when they are listening and telling them, Great work for listening. Thank you for using your listening ears. Wow, I like it when you put your diaper away in the trash can when I asked you. Yeah. Those are good. Actually, that's a good point. So I'm actually glad I asked that because um, I didn't even think about it that way, to be honest with you. So they're pretty much wired to want to please their parents because they like the positive response that is associated with that praise. That makes a lot of sense. So that's good. And another great point that you brought up is let's praise our kids for the things that they do and be very specific as to why we are thanking them versus focusing on the no, 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 you're doing this wrong. Focus on the things they're doing right because that positive reinforcements, it allows them or, or it just kind of helps program them, I guess we can say in a way to continue that behavior that gets the positive praise versus the other way around. So let's go up the ladder here. Now your kid is cooperative. Awesome. But now they're starting to get a little bit older. They're starting to realize like, ah, oh, this praise thing is getting a little bit old. So now they're starting to kind of ignore you a little bit. They're kind of lagging on the response. Now we've talked about this before that children do have a, I don't want to say inability, but they just haven't had, they just haven't developed the ability to kind of bounce from one idea to the next or one thing to the next. They're kind of like, once they're looking at something and they're, they're concentrating on something, it's hard for them to take their mind off that and then transition that concentration to something else. Now, I understand that's a thing, but 
your kid is listening to you. He or she is hearing you, but they choose to ignore you. They choose to just kind of like drag their feet. Why would a kid do that? Yeah. So there's two parts to this. And is um, it normal? And is it normal? Yes. So that's why there's two parts to this. There's always, um, it's never really a black and white for the most part. Sometimes it's very situational and sometimes there's other factors that I would need to dive into if I, if you would like me to say if it's normal or not, if it is part of typical development or not. And we're talking about early childhood development. So we're talking about kids from babies to five years old, right? So for kids who are choosing, quote, unquote, choosing not to listen, that's pretty developmental where they're focusing on something that they um, that they are uh, focusing on, like a toy, and they are just attending to that, right? And um, that's pretty typical. Hey, our husbands do it, right? <laughs> Other people do it, right? And when wives. Telling them, <laughs> okay, and wives. And we're, Everybody. And we're talking something. about it. We're talking about something or trying to get their attention and they're focusing on something else. Or um, you think that they're listening, but a lot of parents, they might say, hey, they're listening, but they choose to ignore me. Take a step back step one and see if they're choosing to ignore you assess your environment are you guys going to um are you positioning yourself an eye level in close proximity for them to really hear what you're saying maximizing that focus on you rather than on the tv or a toy or a book or an activity or yelling, that they're doing yelling from room or to room or yelling from far away right they really need they're still learning guys so um that close proximity tactile right be like hey get their eye contact and be like did you hear me get the response and Zach likes doing this with Ace if he gives a um a question a direction or he's trying to get a response from Ace he goes to um close to Ace he tells him what he needs to tell him, and he has Ace acknowledge that he understands what um, he wants him to do, right? So for kids to ignore, let's say, that's fairly typical because they're still developing their attention. So let me- There's okay, also, let me, let me see the second part because I didn't say the okay. second part yet. So the second Ooh. part of this is that it may be also uh, not- typical for a kid to highly, highly, highly focus on objects more so than they are with their environment. So that can be indicative of a delay or a disorder as well, right? It might be indicative of um, something like hearing loss, something like autism, um, some other, uh, so, you know, some other diagnosis, but we don't know unless uh, someone who is a specialist might look into it a bit more because a lot of parents, I will tell you, a lot of parents that I assess, um, I assess their child, um, they say, oh, they just choose not to listen. Most of the time, even kids who are developing cognitively appropriately for their age, they are still demonstrating that they're following directions. Um, you know, most of the time versus them, quote unquote, choosing not to listen or choosing not to um, pay attention or follow directions. Some of these kids might not understand the directions that you're giving them, might not know the social cues that you're showing them. So there's that factor as well. So is it normal, though? <laughs> I'm, 
It can be. It can be. When would it be normal versus not normal? Like I mentioned, it's um, it can be tricky because there's that fine line and not. I'm kind of like stumbling on my words because no, it's, it's fine. I don't think I, I think it's because you have the true understanding. That's probably why you're having a hard time. Stum- I'm like finding the words for it. It's because there's more to it than just one singular reason as to if you know is it normal is it not it's probably not just like one do or die thing i could say it can be it can be right like most like most things it can be the mind is complex so it's not like just one like one little thing is like the end all be all as to this is normal this is not so i understand exactly why you say normal because in my field of of work it's the same thing whenever anybody asks me a question my answer is literally almost always it depends it's always yes. dependent on many variables. So I asked the question, seeing like maybe there might be a, a few red flags that you might be able to share with us. But if you don't have any of them, um, well, I mean, at least there has to be at least some, right? There has to be at least some red flag. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to diagnose somebody over a, a podcast episode. Obviously not. But when should there be? Uh, what do you have to see or witness for you to start raising eyebrows? Let's say like that. Yeah. So when um, you're trying to get your child's attention and there are oftentimes ignoring you. They're not responding to their name. They are um, not using language functionally. So expressive wise, when you notice that it looks like they're ignoring what you're saying, but they are just doing their own thing a little bit more. Most of the time, they like to be more independent when they're playing. Their expressive language seems to be higher than what they're understanding. So there's a lot of. um, Oh, I need you to kind of break that down a little bit for people that don't understand exactly what you're talking about. Um, Your expressive language. What is that? Your expressive language is more so what you're saying and the nonverbal language you're portraying. If you're pointing, if you are um, using your, you know, like. Um, you can't see what I'm doing, but nonverbal, like you're putting your arms out when you, um, you want to get picked up. Most mm. kids, they point, right? Or um, some kids, they might use sign language and kids use some words, right? That's your expressive language. Basically what you're putting out expressively. Receptive language is what you're understanding. So when you're following directions or when somebody's telling you, where's your milk? And you start looking for the milk or you grab your milk. Um, that's more of your receptive language. What is your comprehension? So usually how language works is that your comprehension and your receptive language is higher than your expressive language. You understand more, especially when you're younger, versus how much you're able to functionally um, communicate, right? When you're a baby, um, they may understand out of a few months old, eight, eight to 10 months old, you know, oh, daddy's coming home, mommy's coming home, and they start getting excited. But they're not always necessarily saying daddy's coming home or they might do da, 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 right? That's expressive language, but they're not necessarily functionally always communicating what they want to say, but they understand it. They're comprehending more. So language development is that you're comprehending more. And then later on, your expressive language catches up. But mm. it's pretty atypical for a kid to have uh, expressive language where they're labeling items and using all this language, but they're not really understanding what 
people are telling them. So I'm, um, I see kids, for example, who have beautiful sense instruction, beautiful language, but they're, um, they're basically using these pretty functionally for what they know. But when you ask them what simple, what questions, where questions, who questions, they might not always understand that. So Got it. So red. So ma- some major red flags or potential red flags. Actually, that's that's bad. It should it shouldn't be like that ever in in a typically developing kid. You should always understand more than you're able to say things. Then in that case, mm-hmm. gotcha. And then the expressive language catches up to the understanding. Yeah, gotcha. it should. Mm-hmm. Not okay. the other way cool, around, cool. for the most part. Got it. Never the other way around. Otherwise, that raises eyebrows because your kid is just kind of mimicking what you say without understanding the meaning behind it. Which would or they're just learning or they're just learning language in a very opposite way. They're learning things very up here when they're missing a lot of the core basic foundational skills that needs that, to continue building up. Is that an is that a potential issue though? Is can oh, you yes. can you typically Definitely. develop doing it that way, or is that an issue that needs to be addressed? It can be an issue that needs to be addressed. More than likely. Yes. Got it. Okay. That's what I need. I need the details. I need the details here. So <laughs> pretend we're talking to a parent that has these questions and they don't understand. You got to talk to them like they're a five-year-old kid too, because they're not going to understand expressive language and blah, 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 blah. So I'm the dumb parent here. Okay. So talk to me like you're talking to, to me. <laughs> Parents, you guys aren't dumb. Obviously, Zach is just I'm dumb. saying I'm talking about me, not them. Okay. I'm talking about me. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And I'm not saying I'm completely dumb in this, but when it comes to the nuance, the details, the the the, the nitty gritty, the goods, I need you to explain it and break it down to me. Like <laughs> I, I, I don't have a master's degree in, in like a speech language pathology because I don't. And most of these people listening, they don't either. So you got to help us out here. Got to help us out here. So good. Okay. A lot of a lot of nuance to that particular one. But for the most part, ignoring and lagging a little bit is part of normal development. Awesome. Gotcha. Number three. We're going up the chain. It's getting a little worse. Now, when you tell them to do something, not only do they not listen, but they do the complete opposite on purpose. Here's an example. Ace, go throw your diaper in the trash. And he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, fine, don't do it then. He goes, yes, I'm going to do it. He'll do that. He does that all the time. It's the most annoying thing on earth, but it's hilarious you, at the same time. You use like, reverse psychology on him? Yeah, no, and, no, and, and no matter what, eat your food. No. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever then, just leave it there. Don't eat it. He goes, no, but yes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then I'm like, fine, go no, ahead. No, the best one was yesterday. Up, or- picks it up and he th- gets mad. <laughs> like, Come on, no, man. Yesterday was, he didn't, um, something happened and he didn't want to eat his mangoes. And you're like, oh, well, it looks good. I'll eat it then. He's like, no, I want to eat it. <laughs> that was this morning. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> that was this morning. Yeah, I think he this didn't want to eat it. I'm like, fine, I'll then. eat it. It's all good. And he's like, no, I want to eat it. Whatever. <laughs> okay. So I will tell so what you. Do you so is that normal? And what's up with that? That's part of typical development. And I will tell you, that's pretty, um, that's pretty cognitively, socially and language wise, pretty good for a kid to do that, to be able to be, to be like, I'm going to do the opposite, knowing what the opposite is, basically tuning into what you're saying. And then thinking about the words that you're saying and manipulating it to do the opposite. That's pretty cognitively up there. Don't you think? Sure. 
<laughs> I just don't know. Like, is is it is it like normal? Does every oh, single yeah. kid yeah, do yeah. it? It's pretty typical. Does every for kids single like is it ex- is it expected? Like, if you have a kid, you have like a ninety nine to one hundred percent chance that your kid will be a little smart, Alec, for the for the maintaining the PG rating on this this <laughs> podcast. That's to be expected. Like, pretty much almost for every single kid. Not every single kid. Some kids go through it. Some kids don't. But it can be expected for um, kids to do that, to do the opposite of what you tell them, to test the boundaries. Yes, definitely. Kids are always. So here's going to a here's boundaries. a follow here's a follow up question. Then your kid doesn't listen, doesn't want to listen whatsoever. What is one of the best strategies that you can utilize to get them to actually do what it is that you're requesting of them? When your kid does not listen. Mm-hmm. When they're saying no, because you're saying yes. And then you say yes. And they say no, like no matter what it is that you say, they just want to say the opposite thing. What do you do with that? Depending on their language level, when they're, it sounds like their language le- level is pretty, you know, pretty up there with that. You would try to reason with them already by that age. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't do the power struggle with them because that's just not going to end well. Right. You, you do it because I said so, because I'm the parent. Uh, yeah, that doesn't work well. That sounds like two um, children. With them. I that would sounds say, like two children fighting. I would ask them. I would say, um, when A says no, I say why, you know, and then I would give him another alternative. Instead of saying no, you can ask why we're um, we're um, making you do this. Why you have to brush your teeth? So instead of no, you can ask why. I don't mind you asking questions instead of saying no right away. So I would give him an alternative. If they're a lot younger, I would redirect them. Um, if, um, if that doesn't work, I would give them, um, model language, give, just give them words. What can they do? And then just keep those boundaries and be consistent about what your expectations are too. Oh, you're saying no. Okay. If you say no, um, this is going to happen X, Y, and Z. And you've said no three times. Are you sure about that? If you're going to say no one more time, then we're not going to do X, Y, Z, or um, I'm still going to have to brush your teeth. If you're not, if you don't want to brush your teeth right now, mommy's still going to have to brush your teeth. So I will help you with it. Just other alternatives, other ways, problem solving, trying to figure out ways to calmly just present to them things that are, that make sense, that's consistent, Mm -hmm. that you have boundaries around. And that they know that you're serious and that you're not um, wobbly with your decision and you're not getting heightened and dysregulated by what they're saying. Makes sense. And one of the things I do is I actually, I use it as a, uh, and you've heard me say this, I even told you today, Madonna, I said, start using this word because I use it as an opportunity to teach him different language and different words that mean certain things. And in this particular case, when Ace doesn't want to listen, I go, hey, dude, check it out. There's something called mandatory (laughs) and it means you have to do something whether you feel like it or not. Like you got to brush your teeth. You got to take a shower. You got to go to work. Yeah. You have to go to sleep. You have to eat food. Like these are things that you have to do regardless of how you feel. And I understand children are emotional. They don't care about logic and stuff like that. But you know what? Like you said, once they're, once their expressive language and understanding is boom, goes up to par, you could start to reason with them, like you just said. So that's actually what I do with ACE. So that's why I told you this, and it was this morning, I said, start using the word mandatory and explaining to him like why we're doing it, it, it because you have to, right? Not because you feel like it. So some things, if it's optional, I guess we can say, I like to reason with him and talk him through it like you were telling me about step-by-step, step, why we're doing this, what it will accomplish, and, and why you want to do it now versus later. But for certain things that are mandatory because of ACE's exceptional logic and reasoning, now I started talking to him and introducing words that say, hey, 
You just got to do it. <laughs> and he actually and very, yeah. he did it. He actually listens. I'm like, there's a word called mandatory. And he's just like, oh, dang. All right. There's more to this word stuff than I thought. So, okay. Mandatory is a new one. I guess I have to listen when I hear the word mandatory. And guess what? When he stops, there's, there stops becoming power and mandatory. Guess what? I'm going to start using a different word that means the same and thing. And then one other thing I forgot <laughs> to mention is a huge one is, of course, when your child says no or um, when they're doing something like that, connection first, right? Yeah. Seeing why instead of reacting, responding and connecting with them first and mm -hmm. telling them, you know, um, like what Zach was saying, hey, you know what? Things sometimes are mandatory. I I don't want to do X, Y, Z, but I have to do it because it's part of the things I have to do during the day. So giving mm -hmm. them examples and how you feel and how you might be as an adult as well, or when you were little, just like them and connecting with them that way also helps. Yep. When it comes to mandatory, I tell them that sometimes I feel like doing it. Sometimes I don't. That's just what, that's just the way it is. But these things do have to get done because this is, it, it's important. So yeah. So that's what I like to do now. Here's the one. Here's the fourth one. Here's the one that people might actually be concerned with. These are the one. This is the one when parents see this, they get a little bit like, uh oh, I don't know what to do. Should I reach out? I feel like something's wrong with my kid. Do I ask my friend if they went through this? Oh no, what do I do? What do I do? Hitting his or herself when they get frustrated, when you tell them to do something they don't want to do, when they throw a fit, when they start trying to communicate with you, but you don't understand them yet because their expressive language isn't there yet, they start to hit themselves. Whether they hit their head on the floor, hit themselves in the face with their hand, use a toy, whatever it may be, that could cause concern. If I didn't know better, I'd be like, oh, crap, what is going on? What's wrong with my kids? Something wrong? I got to bring them to a psychologist. I don't know wherever I have to bring them. Hitting yourself as a child, a toddler or a baby, is this normal? It can be to a point. Okay. Okay. Um, and it really depends on their language level. So when it comes to tantrums, when it comes to hitting others, when it comes to hitting your, um, their selves, it also really has to do with their cognitive level and their language level, right? Cognitive level, levels, their understanding um, as well, and language, how much language do they have to express themselves? Because typically, part of normal development is kids will use more physical uh what not physical force what is it physical means to to express themselves that's very natural for humans right when um when you stub your toe for example you might want to hit a pillow right something mm -hmm. um or yell to get it exerted out of you which is a great suggestion by the way when you're angry to exert it out by movement running or taking a walk right so kids are still learning how to regulate themselves when they're having these very intense emotions. So when they're hitting themselves, of course, that's very concerning, especially when they are endangering their safety. And, and it's just not um, something that you would want to see. Um, so Part of it is, yes, it can be typical when they hit other people, when they hit themselves, because they don't have, like what Zach said, um, the the words to really express it. They don't have the, you know, the tools to really regulate themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how they express themselves. They Kids come up with um, how they express themselves in different ways. We were just talking about when Ace was younger, that he he used to like, 
lightly hit his head when he was really frustrated and upset because he he couldn't say that he was mad. Um, there's a kiddo right now in Ace's classroom who doesn't have a lot of language and he hits himself um, when he's frustrated. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, that's showing that language has to do with um, their when they're hitting themselves in some, some respect, right? So what does that mean for us is to give them the words so they know how to verbally express themselves and model that as they're getting older, right? And again, redirect them, put them in a safe place, show them gentle hands or um, reacting not in a mad way, but um, noticing how you're reacting when they're hitting themselves helping them regulate and being the person who um, isn't heightened, but taking deep breaths so they can see that. There's parts of it that's not typical where kids who um, may be a bit older, you know, as they get five years old, three years old, four years old, you know, things like that, where it might be problematic because they should have more language. This is where you can talk to a psychologist or a speech language pathologist. Got it. So in a one or two sentences, it's normal as long as. Go ahead and go finish it. No, I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you if you could sum up everything, if you could boil all of what you yeah, just yeah, said yeah, right yeah. now and just into a single or two sentences, hitting him or his or herself is normal as long as. As they're within that. Um, age range where they're still developing their language and their cognitive skills. Which would be around what dependent. age? It's really dependent. Babies hit themselves, you know, they're um, by the time that you have enough language, some kids may have um, more language than other kids around two to three years old. It starts being more problematic when they are about still around the same age, two to three years old, actually, even three years old. It all, okay. I'm saying this, and I'm not saying this with one sentence, because there's so many other factors. No, you're not. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I get I it, and I get it. There's so I get many it. other I... factors to consider, okay? So a kiddo who yes. hits himself, who has the language, who is, um, mm. who's communicating in a lot of different ways, a variety of ways, okay, that might be typical for them and it might be temperament for them it might just be their personality it might just be their environment right but then for a kiddo who may have less language but the same age okay then um, they might have other other things that they need to work on right so there's so much variability so of all of the three things that i just said the variability that or the most variability comes with this particular situation then you would say hmm. No, the most, the, I would say the most variability would come with this one, with also with um, ignoring you, that mm. comes with variability too. those two. Man, you would think this is more straightforward, but it's actually not. So See, there's sorry, a, there's a I lot. cannot give you straightforward No, no there's not. No, this is no but, professional and a specialist in this. No, this is, this is good because honestly, most of the experts and professionals out there speak in absolutes that, that, that are, and, and by the way, when I say most professionals and experts, I mean, the ones that suck, they typically speak in absolutes end all be all right. There's people out there who are like, Oh, have knee pain, do this exercise. It will fix it. It's like, what are you talking about? Is it the top of the knee, the bottom of the knee is the, the issue in the hip, or is it actually the knee? Or maybe it's the ankle. You don't know that because the origin of the pain might be different from the symptom you're experiencing. So there is, Oh, it's always 
as a true professional, the answer is almost always, it depends. And you have actually just literally done the same. <laughs> so you've literally done the same thing. It's so, very situational, what, right? It's very yes. individualized. It can be very in, in situational. We're giving you guys this information because we want you to at least know the broad sense of things. Right. But if you have specific questions, there's um, by all means ask, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know, is, is this typical? Is this not typical? I'm worried. I'm not. Dig into it if you really need to dig into it. You know, this mm -hmm. is just a brief overview. This isn't like Madonna's diagnosing, Madonna's thinking, nah. you know, things like that. Definitely yeah. not. It's not like I said, it's not, it's not an end all be all. This is just some things to be aware of things that are, you know, new parents should expect and when to, you know, raise eyebrows. That's all it really is. We're not over here saying red alert, red alert, bring your kid respond in, but, you appropriately, know? right? Yeah. You know how to respond or have a little thing in the back of your mind, like saying, oh, you know, they're not doing this to be malicious. Right. Basically, it's the main thing. Right. Well, those were the four that I had because those are the most common ones, obviously, just to reiterate one more time for everybody and wrap this up. The first thing that your child does when you ask them things is cooperate. Nice. Awesome. Perfectly normal. They are wired to want to please their parents because they love the positive response that comes with it. The second one is ignoring and lagging. Also completely normal. However, there's a lot of nuance, but as long as their understanding is higher than their expressive language, you are good to go. The third one is doing the complete opposite on purpose also normal and actually expected out of most children. And for the most part, it, for the most part, it's normal, right? Would you say? Uh -huh. Yeah. All right, cool. Just want to make sure I didn't miss anything there. And the fourth one, hitting his or herself. That is normal as long as, ex as long as expressive language and understanding is there, I believe you said. It can there, be. This one has a ton there's of other, nuance. There's a lot of a lot of elements to there um to that so i wouldn't even categorize it as black and white is this normal not normal gotcha so hitting his or his or herself can be normal cannot it absolutely depends on many things that we covered and obviously the last the uh, last what 5 10 minutes or so um but if there is any eyebrow raising get checked like we always say get get, get the kid checked cuz it's always better to err on the side of caution awesome well everybody i guess i'll just close this out myself since madonna's all like i'm so sick <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank Thanks. you for listening to another episode of the Making Learning Special podcast. If you got any value of the, out of this whatsoever, if you know any other friends or parents that might benefit from an episode like this, please feel free to share. If you haven't get left us a review, we would appreciate a review. Uh, we love to see the feedback. We read everything that we get, and we appreciate the kind messages that we do receive. If you would like to ask another question or would like to connect with Madonna, you could find her on Instagram, on TikTok, at Making Learning Special, or you can find her on our website at makinglearningspecial.com. Other than that, thank you again, once, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week.